Welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weinberger and Harav Nissen. We are looking forward to taking your mental health questions that you've got. Hopefully, with Siata Deshmai, we will be able to answer that. We always ask that it be family-appropriate, that if your children seven and up are listening, you'll feel great, and as well as any parenting question, unfortunately, under the age of eight, we request that not to really ask the question because it is a question. It's a skills-based question. However, anything else we're looking forward to about growth, personal growth, any of the diagnosis, anxiety, depression, OCD, etc., etc., we are here, marriage questions, and along the like, teenagers, whatever they've got on your mind, we're looking forward to having it. So the number to call in to ask your question is 718-683-5858. That's 718-683-5858. And we're looking forward to take your question or comment. We got a question a little earlier from the J-Root, and I think we're going to start with that one. But again, the number to call in, we want to take questions, the, vo- the verbal questions over the text. That's 718-683-5858. And I like this question. What happens when you start feeling a close relationship with a therapist, like if she would be your mother? Is it wrong? So for someone that is not in the therapy school, would have no idea, but we spent a lot of time discussing this exact concept. And when psychology was started, which is sort of like the grandfather of therapy, they call him Freud, Sigmund Freud, he has a concept that was trained, which is called transference and countertransference. That means that many times when we have a difficulty, or we have a parent that we're not too close to, or we have a parent that we're close to, but certain areas they weren't able to master that, what happens is we will transfer a lot of our feelings and turn the therapist or speak to the therapist or act to the therapist the way we would to that parent. That's called transference. And many times if you build a healthy connection, that transference can happen. However, countertransference is when the therapist starts acting in that role. So there was an interesting story when we were in... When I was still in college in the classes, we had a girl that she was running or she was running one of the groups for the Holocaust survivors. And she said there was one lady that just treated her just like her granddaughter. She says, you look like my granddaughter. You're as nice as my granddaughter. And she would pinch her cheek and she would say, bubble on if anyone in the group would try attacking her or being tough, she would start defending her. And what this therapist was saying when we were in class, because one of the classes is where we bring up the issues that are happening or the difficulties that we're finding ourselves in, all of a sudden they were, they, she was saying she found herself loving to be in that role because she had a grandmother that wasn't able to be there for her, that like bubbly, protecting, caring grandmother. She says, I loved it. Now, that was a classical example of transference where the, where the client, where the lady, the grandmother, was viewing the therapist not as a therapist but as her grandchild and where the therapist was loving that feeling and actually acting like the grandchild and enjoying that great feeling of a grandmother. Now, is that normal? It's extremely normal, but is that therapeutic? Not really. And that's from the first rules, from the first lessons that we learn in therapy is that we are here to be therapists. We're here to make changes. We're here to shift. 
And if we start getting into old programs, if we start reacting the way certain people would react to certain situations, then we're not making changes. We're meant to be on the other level. So that is the concept of transference and counter-transference. So now, imagine you're feeling close to the therapist, but as a, and you're starting to, let's say, connect to the therapist as if she is your mother. But what happens if the therapist has got to be assertive? How was your mother assertive? What happens if there was a difficulty? How did you react? Is that one of the ways that you might trap someone? So to me, with a, with a client, I sometimes very clear saying, I'm not your father and I'm not your brother. I'm your therapist. I need to push you now. Or we need to understand whatever's supposed to happen now. However it should be. But that role is pretty clear. And that's about that. Again, looking forward to taking your questions so the number to call up is 718-683-5858, However, listen, isn't that interesting, this concept of transference and counter-transference? Yeah, I think so. And, uh, you know, I tell you that I think that any profession, it's when it's come like so close relationship is not good, uh, even with uh, contracting and uh, any any profession that... Uh, the expectation it becomes ch- personal, and people expecting a, a different, uh, in their point of view, they're looking and they're expecting a different treatment, and that's what we're coming the disappointing, and, yeah. and many st- many other uh, fields. That's right. What we usually do in the therapy, how the Freud system would deal with it, is say, okay, you would like me to play the mother role. What does that mean to you? What's going on that you want to be in the mother role? That would usually be a question that they ask. What is, and, and then the person say, oh, I need someone to care about me, or I need to know you'll never leave me. And they go, excellent. So now let's go ahead and start identifying what's going on. What's your fear? Do you feel you get abandoned? Do people drop you? If you don't, if you don't feel that, if you, if you act yourself, are you afraid that people won't trust you? These are, this is what we do. So what we do is we take the need, and now we start taking it back to the client. So what's your fear? What experiences did you have in the past? And that's how we deal with the transference and the counter-transference. When the therapist starts acting that role, is that's why we have sometimes peer supervision, where you discuss it with other therapists, or, or, or we bring up the issues, and then we work on that. We are going to go to a caller, Mrs. Mrs. S, you're on the air with Mordechai and her Nissim. Okay, I am here. Great. So here you're on the radio. <laughs> um, yeah, can you close the radio in the background? Uh, okay, yeah, well. Yeah, I can still hear the radio yeah. in the background. Can you please close the radio yeah, in the background? I close it. Okay. I close yeah. it, yeah. Um, Great. Good evening, first of all. Thank you very, very much. It's very... You're welcome. Um, heartwarming to hear how we care about one another. Thank um, you. I have a very, very close family, and um, one of the children um, was a uh, youngest child for five years. There was, yes. like, a uh, few girls and then... Uh, a boy, and he was a second boy, and he was for five years the only, uh, for certain reasons, mother couldn't have children, whatever, for health reasons, and then uh, he was born. Uh, after five years, 
he had uh, t- twin brothers. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so Beautiful. he got. He was very. He, he became very depressed. He couldn't. A five-year-old boy became very depressed. Yes. I mean, he mm-hmm. was very upset. He he didn't have. I mean, everybody was busy with with. Okay, hold on. This is you know, with one child, you also can. Okay, be, let's be, let's be, go. Let's get to the question. How about you tell yeah. me the question before you give me the history? What's the uh, question? Oh, the question is: Now he is already almost ten. Mm-hmm. He went from bad to worse, and mm-hmm. he is very unhappy and depressed child. Um, he doesn't smile too much. The family is very. I would say normal in terms that they 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 love music, they love singing, they there there is there is a lot of you know growth going on, and um, it's true that the parents are um, from immigrant family, um, but um, they are really very very adherent to to Torah mitzvahs. And, but also wonderful, wonderful people. But, you know, and family is happy, basically. Very happy Let's and go. sweet so family. Now, you understand, you, I just want to explain My to you what's going on. My question is, is how can we help this child to, to you know, they definitely tried a lot of things. And what have they tried is, so far? What? Uh-huh. What have they but, tried so far? What did they? What did oh, they try they, so far? I'm sorry. For some reason, I'm missing the. Okay, the, you told me that they tried a lot of things. Yeah. What have they tried oh, so they, far? Oh, they took to him to the different. Son? First of all, they they helped him uh, in school with different with different. Um, uh, I'm asking you very specific. You're asking me a question. Yeah, they, they, they helped him to, him know what to be work. more successful in school. He they helped him. They they uh, took him to the, to some uh, therapies. Uh, not only probably no, psychology. Um, let, let me clarify. Hold on, hold on. You're now talking yeah. to a therapist. Means telling me therapies doesn't help me. I need to know the details. Like, you know, someone goes to the car mechanic and says they went to car mechanics. I need to know what type of car mechanics did they go to. Did they go to someone to check the engine? Did they go to someone to check the muffler? Did they check someone <laughs> the, the car? You're, give, you're going vague. I'll, I'll share with you the question. Well, imagine, you know, let's say you're you're a mother. So I, I want to raise a child, and I've taken many parenting workshops. What's the best way? So what do I do? Oh, you need to tell me what you've done, which courses you've taken. I need to understand what has worked. All I hear is that a kid that we see, I'll t- you know, let me, let me switch it around. Let me tell you what I hear. I hear is a kid that for five years he was the only child and twins came along. We assume, we're making now an assumption the way you presented the question that that is the reason why he's getting depressed. It's mm-hmm. now five years after that, and still, for that specific reason, they aren't able to get him out of the depression. It no, can be one out of several things. Number one, it can be that five years old, and the reason why he got depressed is not because of that reason. There could be other situations, and there are a thousand other situations that could be going on. And until a good evaluation on the kid isn't done, we will not know what is going on. Mm-hmm. Number two, we do not know how the parents were able to handle it for the year or two when they had twins or whatever was going on in their life, with, and if they were able to give this kid what he needed or if he's still getting what he needs. They can be very smart, very intelligent. They can be unbelievable on every level, but everyone goes through sometimes difficult times in their life, and we don't know how they were able to handle that and what was happening. 
There can be other, other issues that were going on that he, this kid himself might be a more sensitive type kid, and he might be in a class that's not working out well for him. Nothing to do with the family. Nothing to do with having twin brothers at that age. Exactly. There could be, there could be that this kid had a fear. Uh, he went somewhere, and he was petrified. And that fear is still with him, that we have no idea what's going on. There could be that the other kids are suffering from depression, and you have no idea that there are other stuff going on in the family because we just don't know what goes on by others until we really do an evaluation or until they open up. So as when you're asking as a, third, as a third party from the outside, I cannot answer that question. If you are the actual family member that's dealing with a kid that knows all the real information, then I can do that. Could you please kindly give me your phone number? Have personal areas that you would um, ask that question or ask the member? You know what? I will. I will send it to Harav Nissen, mm-hmm. and he'll tell it to you off air. Okay, I appreciate right. it very, very much. Um, You're okay. welcome. But do you realize I think it's all these questions and every prat. Let me ask you a question. Do you yes. understand by your question how general and how many other issues can be going on? <laughs> Definitely, I do understand. It's just emotionally, I, I saw the kid um, this past yeah, but let's weekend in Hanukkah. Even when you call my office, even when you call my office, I won't be able to answer any of your questions. I hear. I hear. I understand. Yeah. Right. I understand it. I just need, need maybe some kind of a, uh, aura where, where to turn because... The mother of the child is exceptionally like she. There is not only therapy, a psychotherapy. There is a physical therapy. There is uh, um, tutoring in every part where the kid could have uh, or do do have some weaknesses. Uh, working together with the rabbim, everything, everything, and he frightened me over the weekend. Really frightening. That's with the he threatened you something very scary. Yeah. Um, just I have never seen anybody like like screaming at 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 the father or mother and saying. By the way, that's not called depression. No, 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 no. no. It's just but there is no that's smiles right. so going on uh, even in between the whole the whole the whole Hanukkah. Uh, evening when the family was together and everybody. Yeah, I would, I would hardly I'd ever... Like you to know, I don't do this. I don't do this. So I'd really recommend that you call Relief. And, uh, What's I'll, Relief? I'll try to... They are a referral organization. They refer to different type therapists. And I, I, I'd, sec- okay. I'd recommend that you don't use the word depression clinical terms because what I call depressed, what the therapist called depressed, and what you call depressed are very different. I would just set up, call them in advance, so you write down yes. all the issues that you see. Okay. I mean, he's angry. Okay. He can throw. He can look at things. He's 10 years old. He's got to let you tell symptoms. Symptoms is what okay. we can understand okay. how to, what to refer to. Okay. Okay. And okay. so it's re- relief is a referral. I'm, getting, I'm uh, getting their number as we speak right yeah. over here. So I want you to understand that what you need is someone that will guide you then to either the right therapist or, or them. All right, okay. so the number is 718-431-9501. 
Thank you so, so very, very much. And that's very, very good. Amen. Yes, sure. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So again, the number to call in is 718-683-5858, and looking forward to taking your question or your comment, uh, anything along the mental health field. All right. What, um, are, what do you think about uh, the, the red flag of the Shiduchim? I want to test, discuss this. I know that there are a lot of questions we have about it. Okay. So we got a question over here. Hi, can you please discuss how a person can pick up the red flags when you're dating? Thank you. I love your show. I really find this question very, very hard to answer because it's so broad that it's difficult. But let's first start with the real huge ones. First big huge one is if someone doesn't look at you. They don't give you the time of day. That's one of them. means you're dating and the person really isn't being courteous. If they're not being courteous to you on the date, they're not talking nice to you, they're not, you're not smiling, you're not looking, you're not laughing, something is wrong. Number one. Number two, if you see that they are very down, very depressed, know something is wrong. I know several people that have told me that they were married and after a short while they saw major issues. And one of the big stuff they're saying, yeah, when we were dating, I saw those sad eyes, and I thought I could help them. That's very, very nice that you want to help someone in need, but you don't marry someone that is in need because then that's your marriage. Marriage and helping someone are very different levels. But a lot of the points are if they get angry when you're either dating or even when you're engaged, how often are they getting angry? Are they being sharp, like tough? Are they at times when they're not interested in you and you feel like you're just a pain? You bring it up. These are warning signs that you can have many times either by the boys or by the girls. Harv Nissen, what would you say are some uh, of the major uh, warning signs? I, w- I would say, uh, are you are you jealous? Jealousy is very, very thick, you know, like uh, demanding and stuff like this. Uh, very, very much so, controlling. There controlling, are those yeah. people that are dating, yeah, so they're very controlling. They go, I'm giving you a cell phone. When I send you a message, you must respond. When they start getting very controlling over you, I sent you a message 10 minutes ago, why didn't you reply? Now, it's very normal to say that I sent you a message, why didn't you reply? And that's like the cute way. But sometimes they go, I'm really upset you didn't reply. Now, I'm not replying. Also, you see a little controlling aspect. Or if they get very tough on how much money you spend, you go somewhere, oh, no, we're not spending there or we're not doing that. Now, again, that could also be budgeting, which is the same time the other way around. Someone you see can't budget, and they want things that are a lot more expensive. That's definitely a sign and a major indication about how the, how, how the marriage might go. Yeah. <laughs> this, is a, you know, this is a big issue, so all this. Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, that uh, boys and girls have to look up around it uh, very, very carefully. I think that uh, if you're looking about controlling person it's it could be disaster yes okay so we we have uh, mrs s mrs s hi, hi. you're on with mordechai and her omnism yep do you hear me yes hear you loud and clear great first of all thank you so much for your line clarifying so many questions sure and um i was wondering we recently had several uh, divorces and the close family and friends. 
circle. Yeah. And I was wondering how to explain this concept to an eight-year-old. Oh, that's, it's a sad question, but a very appropriate question. Very, very nice question. I tried pushing it off for as long as I can, you know, because I didn't know what to answer. And I didn't want to broach the topic if she didn't ask me. But um, I guess the time has come where I have to tell her, you know. Okay. So let's understand what's important for children when kids hear about the word divorce. Let, let's take it through a child's view. Through a child's view, they usually do not see the major fights between, let's say, aunts, uncles, grandparents, whoever it should be, because today's days you're even having grandparents that are getting divorced. Now, children don't, even, don't see it that much. So they've got, when the child hears the concept of divorce, what the child automatically internalizes it, it to them. Means if an aunt and uncle gets divorced, or if my parents get yeah. divorced, or if Tati and Mommy get divorced, then one day they might divorce me. means I am not feeling safe. I can be abandoned. That is always... Hello? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is always the fear and the concern that children have. What we want to explain to them is several concepts. Number one, that... Even if a mommy or tati get divorced, or if an aunt and an uncle get divorced, if grandparents get divorced, you're always loved and you're always safe. Step one. That's what they want to hear. They might ask you any other question in the world. What they want to hear is safety. Right. Step two, what the children want to hear is, even if parents get divorced, even if grandparents, even if aunts and uncles get divorced, we always love you and we're always there for you. Just those two aren't so good for each other. You get the two important concepts. Number one, they're always safe, they're always loved. And number two is that those aren't good for each other, but everyone else is. Mm-hmm. And like children understand this, what do you mean they aren't good for each other? Okay, let's, let's first stop a second. Let's first understand children do. Kids get information. When kids ask you, why do we make Shabbos? Because we just make Shabbos. Now we're Shabbos. Why, where, when, that we go to school... Kids don't need the logical understanding. I just want you to understand the general. Yes, we can give them information, but it's more the adults that don't feel confident with this issue. When you just tell kids, because that's the way it is, kids accept it. Okay, so I'm loved no matter what, but adults, they get divorced, fine. Just understand. So how do I, I, mom, like, say, like, how do I verbalize that you're loved and that you're safe? Yeah. I I have to. You're always safe. And if it's not you getting divorced, let's just make that assumption, then you'll say, but Mommy and Tati, we have a good marriage. We're okay. We're never getting divorced. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I want to, like, I want to make her say, like, she doesn't have any doubts, but I thought a child is going to, like, of implement it in her own. have that doubt. Now, uh, you have to realize, when I get questions, many times we talk about others and they're talking about themselves. So I need okay, to so aware. it's about close family and friends. Okay, People so that then we you can need. give them the reassurance, but mommy and tati, we have a very good marriage, and we're not going to get divorced. Mm-hmm. Now, after you said that, you now want to clarify, then step three, which would be after assuring them that you're not getting divorced, you want to go to step four and tell them, but we're allowed to have a fight, and even if we have a fight, it doesn't mean that we are going to get divorced. You want to give them the reassurance, because many times they go, how do you know that... Oh, why they get divorced? Oh, they were fighting a lot, or they weren't getting along. But I see, and then, you, then they might tell you, but sometimes you don't get along with Tati. You want to give a complete different concept, that 
they had a lot of big fights, or they, they, they weren't, they're not meant for each other. Hashem just put them together, but they're not meant. Therefore, Hashem is now sort of separating it. But me and Tati are meant to be for each other. And I also want to realize, eight-year-olds are pretty smart, but they're still children. So if you can explain to the eight-year-old, it's just, we're together, even if we have a fight, you know sometimes I have a fight with you, or you get upset at me, and then right after you hug me, or right after you love me. So the same thing is we can have a fight, a tati can have a fight with a mommy, and it's okay. Now, I hope there aren't major fights going on, because then it's not okay. <laughs> no, Baruch Hashem, I'm talking about, you know, real life. Right, but again... It's important because I deal many times with children or with teenagers, and they're afraid. Those that where there's anxiety going around in the house, there isn't security, there isn't safety, there isn't taught that there's healthy disagreements and unhealthy disagreements, and that's why many times those that are raised in an unhealthy household think that the unhealthy disagreements are normal, and therefore they remain codependent in their pain because it's just normal. Saying, "Wow, my spouse is still better than my father, or still better than my mother," shalom bayis. So. We're doing better. No, your parents were extremely unhealthy in their marriage, and now your marriage is also extremely unhealthy, just not as extreme, and it needs therapy and needs to be worked on. So therefore, if you can explain to your child that we have healthiness and you're in a healthy relationship, you have disagreements, but we still stay together. Notice, I'd like you to understand a concept. You want to focus on the positive words. Means if you're taking notes, I'd have you write down the words, we're staying together, me and, your, me and Tati really care for each other. If you're in the household where you can use the word love, like to tell your kid, me and Tati really love each other, we're staying together. But this, this aunt, this uncle, this grandparent, whatever it is, these people, they were having a lot of difficulties that it's time for them to separate, but they still love you. They still love me. You need mm-hmm. the reassurance and you're focusing again. And it's safe and it's okay. And this happens sometimes, but me and Tati were staying together. Now, yeah, it was also like three at once, like in the two, three months, there were three divorces. And I was also wondering, I have younger children. Can I also tell to them, like from what yeah, age can I understand this concept? Certainly, certainly. But now I want to take it to a different step because many people listening might not call up because of concern their voices will be recognized. Let's say you are getting divorced. Let's say you're the parents and, you know, not for you, but for those that are going through that situation, what do you tell the children? You tell the children the same words. Me and Tati have certain difficulties that, or, or mommy, whoever it should be, and therefore we're getting divorced. But understand, you don't just get divorced from someone when you have difficulties. Like me and you, or even mommy and you, you always bring in the other spouse. Do you want to save your children or do you want to destroy the children? If you yell about the other spouse, what a crazy lady she is, or what a crazy father, you are destroying your very kids. Kids need to know the support, the security, and the strength of a parent. They always know they can go to their mother and to their father for support. That is a must for the, fun, for the foundation of a child. It's a must. I, I, I don't know how to describe to you the must. I don't care if you guys are fighting in courts and bezin from day and night to your child. It is his only mother. It is his only or her only father. They need that support. 20, that parent is going to be there. If Hashem does something to you that you're not there, at least they have that one parent. So what the words are going to be is, I really, me and Tati or me and Mommy had a difficulty, but we love you at all times. And our grandparents, and your grandparents love you at all times. And everyone will do anything to protect you and to save you and to help you at any time. We are here for you. 
and never let our issue get involved in you. You got us. Harav Nissen, what do you say to this? I want to add something that you said everything, but I want to add something about a general uh, about uh, you know argument in the between the the couple, and it's yeah. very important, very important. After you argue, they make peace in front of the kids. You know because the kids doesn't see that you make peace in your bedroom yeah. again, and they are thinking that you enemy forever. You know. So it's very, very yeah. important to make peace and to make the shalom. In, uh, after this argument, be, uh, strong argument, big fight, whatever, just come and even, I don't know, just, uh, I know that it's religious, but even give a, 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 a hug to the, the spouse to the, and just say, you know, Or a look, or just you. say thank you. Thank There's you. a way to show a sign of caring that if you fought publicly, that's 100% correct. Let the kids see that there's caring. Let there be a thank you for you made supper. Thank you for cleaning up the room. Thank you for bringing in the Parnassa. Thank you for learning with the kids. Show the, just like we showed the fight publicly, it's important, equally or more so important, to show the safety that we are together. Yes. A hundred percent correct. So, Again, understand, when children see divorces happening, what they internalize it is that if I don't behave well or if I fight too much with the parents, that means one day they might divorce me. This is just how the human brain works. And they need the reassurance, no, there could be something out there, but not us, not you. And that's how you also prevent the anxiety and the pain from, from developing. Mm-hmm. So you say that I could say the exact same words to a four-year-old. Of course, because they just need some information. This one has got divorced. This won't be your uncle anymore, but she'll always be your aunt. But if you see him, he still loves you. They don't have to know that. They'll forget what he looks like in two, three years from now. They forget mm-hmm. what we look like six months from now. So okay. they just want to hear the word safety, love, caring, you're okay, you're good. And another actually very important point that I'm thinking of this very moment is to tell them you're not responsible. Listen to these words and recognize you're not responsible for what happened. Children in divorce sometimes comes up where, yes, the parents could be fighting over them, but they feel they're the ones responsible for that. So let's just take an example. Let's say it was now Hanukkah, and the mother wanted to buy one gift. The father wanted to buy another gift. They both bought, they both bought two gifts, and at the end, they wanted, the kid wanted a third one. And then the kid goes, oh, I really want that. And the mother goes, you see, I only bought this because you wanted that. The father, and I only bought that because you want this. Now they have this entire fight. And let's take the worst case. Let's assume they even split up because of that fight. Do you know how this kid feels and will eat himself up or herself up saying, because I didn't just say thank you for the gift, my parents split up? Or because I didn't say thank you, now my parents had this huge guilt? What they're not able to understand is or what they're not recognizing is that, no, these parents have whatever inherent issues is going on by them, and therefore any issue, any situation would cause this flare-up, would cause this fight. So it's not them. They were just those there. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Thanks so much for your clarity. You're very welcome. So they are not the cause. They didn't do it. They didn't create the issue. This has been going on for many, many years, and they are working it out and or not able to work it out. Okay, thank you. Good night. You're very welcome. Very, very nice topic. A sad topic, but something that's a reality, and we need to know how to deal with it this way, not to to create it. Okay. 
Harav Nissen, who are we going to next? Miss O. Ms. R, you're on Mordechai and her and Harav Nissen. Hello? Yes. Hi. Um, I have feedback. Um, I called all the way in the beginning of the school year um, regarding um, our starting bus duty. Yes, I, I remember that. You called it. us up with I some called feedback. Yes. I called you back already a while ago for feedback, but now I have yes. feedback. How well, let's go me. ahead. So share with everyone the questions. Share with everyone the first feedback that you shared, and now let's hear the second one. Go ahead. Um, so I was very worried about um, starting bus duty. I have done bus duty with younger children for a few years, and this year we were starting to do bus duty with older girls, um, upper elementary girls, and just everyone in the same bus. And I was worried that I would get too mean and the girls wouldn't listen. Um, so I was very worried to start off the year like that. Um, and then I called back a few weeks into the school year, uh, and I said that I, you know, I really tried my best. And I, I when I started, and it was totally okay. Um, and then that's right. So more let's recent, take the first step. So the first step was it was a two or three days before or the day before you're going to start the bus duty, and you said you were concerned, right, that the older girls, that you might be a little assertive to them or strict, and they might not respect you, or they might get yeah. other girls not to listen to you because they were that way, because you were assertive. And what we really told you was give it two weeks, just experience, and you'll see how easy it goes. And if you're a leader in general, you'll find how you have the tools for them, right? And then you called up and you mm -hmm. shared. What did you share? How was how did it go? What was the success? It was going amazing. It was going amazing. That's right. Great. So more recently, um, I was notified that we're going to be switching buses again, meaning a whole new bus route, a whole new two different girls. So the first second I got tensed up, and I'm like, no, I'm not switching buses. But then I was just remembering, and I calmed down, and... This happened a few weeks ago on Baruch Hashem. It's been going amazing. <laughs> so I didn't have all that agony before that I normally would have had, only because last time I I, I was calmed down, and, and it really made a big difference to me. That's right. That's so right. So like, let's understand what happened. So experience, and that's the point that I gave you a lot of airtime at that time, is to understand to teenagers especially that when you're going through life's process, the first times you do something, it's hard, and you're afraid, and you've got all the concerns. But once you go through life's process, if we, if we can interpret, if we can acknowledge the fear, discuss the fear, then we can acknowledge the positive strength from there. That means because you're able to discuss it, you're able to get the information to know it's normal, that when it happens six months later, you're able to say, oh, the fear is normal. It's always the first times that you do things that's a little concerning. Give it two weeks. We'll see how it's going. So right away, the fear, the anxiety, and I don't want to use the word anxiety because the fear, which is normal, anxiety is already a diagnosable stronger level, but the normal concern is there. And once you can say, oh, it's normal, okay, so it'll be a week till I adjust, and it'll be okay. You find yourself calm ahead of time, and then you find everything else going easily. Yes, it was like it happens to be, but it wasn't. It wasn't such an easy. Um, I don't have such an easy group of girls, but because I, I, I 
was calm then, and I was calm, you know, when I got onto the bus and, and they were coming on and they were starting to try to play around, I just kept thinking in my head that, you know, it's something that I can do, and I did it already, and it just I just have to keep firm, but not too, um, not too firm, but I feel like only because I was reassured then, it was like enabled me to like, Okay, so let's just um, re- remind everyone the number to call in. For those that would like, you can call in now, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Looking forward to taking your question or your comments. We are looking forward to that, and we've got now availability. Thank you yeah. so much. You're very welcome. I appreciate that you called up with the feedback each time because this just shares with us, it keeps up, when when you do research, and research means you want to see if a certain intervention or a certain method and therapy helps, you also want to have the long-term results. It means you want to follow up six months later, a year later, two years later. That's how you could see what's happening. Sometimes someone is just successful in the short term, but it doesn't last. So having you share the feedback and also sharing it for those that are listening that might not have heard your past experience and just getting this information. It's normal, especially for teenagers and young adults, to be going through life, and that means to be going through experiences, but you want to go through it and do it because the more you do it, the more you'll learn to master it. And yes, it helps if you can discuss it or share it with everyone, with others, or you can get the security of speaking to an adult, speaking to your parents, speaking to your aunts and uncles, speaking to grandparents, asking their experiences to hear it's normal. But once you can do that, there is a major change that changes in your life because also you hear, this is normal. Wow. It really sure. is normal. It really Another is. Another aspect, I've seen it also, but not as, not as, this is even very small things, but if it's something that like I, I would get nervous about doing, but then I remember this and it's like, you know, it was, it was okay, so it's okay to be nervous and just continue on. And That's really, right. That's right. And for those of you that would like to ask a question, the number is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And we're going to go to Ms. F. Ms. F., you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissim. Me? Yep, it's you. Okay. Um, so I have this friend. She became my friend last year. And she was a very quiet kid. She, in general, she's a very quiet kid. She's very nice. She's she's um a doer. She she's very nice. Just um sometimes I feel like I don't have what to talk to her with. Like I used to think think the entire day what to talk to her recess, and I'll get general conversations. I can talk since I'm I'm general. I'm a chatterbox. I'm a loud girl. I'm I'm more the popular side, but I like her. She's very nice. And then I would talk to her, and I just, I find I get stuck. Like, certain people can just talk for hours, and her and I start talking, and I get stuck. So, um, and then this year, I was Wait, able let, to... Wait, let me just stop you a second so I can be clear. She's yes. the one that said that you're a chatterbox? No, but then I know I'm a chatterbox, I know. So what do you think happens around this girl that you don't have what to speak about? It's just hard. She doesn't make conversation. I could be talking and she's just staring at me and not changing her expression, just 
not even answering or... Okay, let's stop a second. What's the, what's the pressure? The pressure is that you want to be her friend, she wants to be your friend. What's the pressure here? She wants to be my friend. I don't mind. It's a pressure because we used to converse by writing. Since I like writing, she likes writing. And that's how she more started the friendship. Just after a while, like general conversation, it used to go very slow. Just talking, and it would get really awkward. I wouldn't know what to say. And any conversation I would be scared to talk about, I don't know, just... Like, it's hard to talk to. I feel like I'm talking to the wall. I'm still trying to... Let's put it this way. What you're having, or what you're dealing with, is extremely normal. When there are different types of personalities, you have a certain expectation. You like talking. You like someone that participates in a lot of talking. You don't need much to keep on going, but you need some communication. And there are something called nonverbal communication. Nonverbal communication means conversations that when you can have a conversation where someone would just give you that look or they just nod their head, they didn't have to say a word, but you'll keep on going because you know they understood you. So in communication, in social skills, a large part of social skills is nonverbal communication making eye contact, your body language, your tone. And that's for those kids that have sometimes a little off with their social skills, that's what they work on. They work a lot on the nonverbal communication skills as well as the verbal skills, how to do that. So maybe this friend doesn't have so many verbal, nonverbal communication skills, or maybe you just need to hang around more with girls that are chatterboxes. I am. I, that's what I, I have two other close friends. The problem is I don't want to drop her because, first of all, um, I'm coming from a way which is I used to be very, very quiet. So I don't want to hurt. I don't want to hurt her or anything. And for uh-huh. a certain time, for about a week, beginning of the year, like we were in talking like a cold war. I didn't know what's going on. And then she sent me a letter, and she told me, I guess you don't want to be my friend anymore. And it touched my heart, and I, and I just I decided I'm going to try to work on it. But also the problem is that another close friend that's upset that she feels like this new friend is stealing me away, and now I don't have time for my other friend. Oh. Let's take a step back. Now we just took the question to a whole new level. You want to know how do you deal with friends? Can we change it? Can we change your conversation of the question that you asked was, how do you, what do you do when you have a friend that doesn't participate in conversations? What I hear now is that when you tried separating a little, she sent a letter, I guess you don't want to be my friend. And what you did was you went back to the old system. Notice you went back to an old system that didn't work. means she does not know she has to participate more. You did not express your frustration, how hard it is to be her friend or to make communication if she doesn't participate more. Now what you're adding on is a different part is that you have other friends now that you learned. You got to be more expressive, and now you have a choice of more friends to be friends with them. But now you can't make new friends because you're stuck in the old system, in an old pattern, in an old friendship that didn't work. It's not so let's, she, she's a good friend. Everything besides that is good. Just, just, it's frustrating a little bit. Because even if I would ask her questions, she would steer well, at me. Well, let's understand. Did you use the words that you shut down, that you tried separating from her a little? What do you mean? All right. Um, 
what I'll suggest, it's, your question now needs a lot more talking than just this little conversation here. So let me just give you the short version. The short version is you want to talk to this friend openly. When she, just like she wrote you that letter saying, I guess you don't want to be my friend, you want to be open and tell her, I want to be your friend, but I'm having a difficulty with our conversation. I used to be a quiet girl, so I understand. That's why I don't want to drop you as a friend. But when I speak to you, I need more help. Okay. Does that make sense? What do you think will change if you do that? I don't know. I don't know what her response would be. Well, what do you think her response will be? I will do that with you. Let's say you're now, I'll just make it up. So let's say your name is Rifki. And I'll go, Rifki, remember you sent me a letter two weeks ago saying when I wasn't talking to you that much, like for a couple of days, you said, I guess you don't want to be my friend. Well, let me tell you, I really want to be a friend. It's just I find myself talking to you so many times, I'm not even getting like any responses, so I thought you don't want to be my friend. Or it's so hard to talk, and I wish you would be able to respond. Give me some more, either I either like look at or tell me yes or say thank you or or tell me some thoughts what's going on going on by you. Honestly, I wouldn't know like what she would answer because she would either. You're not supposed to know. That's why it's a conversation. Do you understand what's happening? You're trying to think yeah. for her. You're trying to live everything in your mind. You're a young teenager. That's what we're teaching you now. Stop living in your brain. Allow the conversation. That's what adults teach you. That's why you need to reach out to a teacher. You ask a teacher, by the way. This is what teachers are there for. I know your age. I'm not going to share it with, uh, with others over here, but you're a young teenager. You're now learning the rules. You think you're a master. You're a beginner. You're learning the friendship relationships. It can get complicated. You need a little guidance. So, like, what tips can I use to maybe make more conversation? First, which one of your teachers? Tell me when you think of a teacher that you can speak to guide to guide you. Um, Let's first go to the top. I have maybe someone else I can ask. Good. Is this person an adult? How much older than they than you? Yeah, and she's an adult. I don't know much exactly. Good. Doesn't matter. Excellent. Good. So you'll go to the adult. You'll discuss this with the adult, and you want them to teach you. That's the first step. There are a lot of rules about friendship and a lot of traps that teenage girls and teenage boys can put you in. But it's not fair and this and that. And a lot of times you're not supposed to play the role as therapist. And you need an adult to be able to help you from that trap. And we want to make sure that you don't fall into that, that at the same time while you're helping her, which is a great mitzvah and a great tzachar, we also need to make sure that you're also helping yourself and taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And now the next step is open communication, telling the friend, this and this is what's happening. Okay. Now, about the other friend with what you said, it's about, and it's possible to be, that you want to now open up to that friend saying, I, I want to be your friend as well, but this girl, if I completely drop her, I don't want to drop her, I enjoy being her friend, is there a way that we can work it all out together? We can all be friends. Just this other friend, she, she doesn't like her at all. She doesn't like her. She like, complains that she's still, um, she has, she's negative or, or, or she says certain stuff. And she's very stubborn, so I can't make her even like her. Whatever I will, I will do, I can't make my other... My Again, that's not your job. You understand what's happening here? Let me tell you, 
how stressed, not that you mean to do it, you made me stressed. Do you understand what's happening? In therapy, I never do this. I never give anyone advice how to deal with it. I'm going to shift it to you. What do you think you have to do? You see, you're trapping me in your world. Well, what your I friend doesn't want, your friend doesn't, isn't expressing herself that clear. She wants to be your friend. The other friend you want to help, it was trapping you that she, oh, you didn't speak to her, all that. You're being trapped by what everyone wants. I still didn't hear what you want. Well, I want to be both their friends and maybe work it out, but... Then that's exactly what you tell them all. This is what I want. I'm looking to be friends with someone. You see, you have to stop putting forward what you want. I want to be your friend. I need you to talk more. I want to be your friend, but I need you to understand that I have other friends. And you're going to learn to accept that. If you accept me, you'll understand I'll have friends. Some friends you'll like more. Some friends you'll like less. But that is who I am. Learning to say this is who I am is what will go. And many times in friendship, they try, they try trapping you. But if you're my friend, then you'll care about my feelings. No, that's what we need to start teaching teenagers. It's true that I care about your feelings, but your feelings cannot own me and cannot control me means I need to do what's right. Maybe you need to start working on your feelings. The steps first have to start with me. Just like you have a right to have feelings, I have a right to have feelings. And in myself, my rights come first. That's the difficulty when I'm speaking to you. I feel you're, there's like a lot of olive-based stuff where you need someone to guide you after a conversation. Then what do I do after the next conversation? What do I do after the next conversation? That's why the first question I asked you was, which adult and can you think of that you can get advice from. That's what's needed. Harav Nissen, can you help me out over here? The truth that I cannot because right now, you know, it, it seems like uh, we got uh, all the kids of, uh, of, of the Jewish people <laughs> calling us about asking questions, uh, Reb Mordechai, about how okay. to dealing with the issues of uh, friendship and uh, friends. <laughs> all right, so let's go ahead. Let's go take them the next one that's asking the question. So thank you. Ms. F, for your question. Uh, let's go see what we opened up, a whole Pandora's box of all the kids calling with friendship. Who's the next one? Hello. Mr. E. Is that E? Hello. Hello? Hello. You're on there. Hello. All right, you're whispering. We hear you whispering. No, this no. is Mrs. B? No. Miss B? Miss B. All right. So. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Hello. Let's go then to the next one. Hello. 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 Yes. Can I ask my question? Yes. Go ahead. Um, I have a girl who sits behind me in school, and a lot of times she's not so nice to me. Like, I get back a test, and maybe it's not a good mark. She, like, looks at it, and then she, like, makes fun of me, and she tells the whole class, and, like, she gets very good marks, so she, like, she makes fun of me, and also, like, one time I went over to her, and I told her it's not so nice, and she's being that nice to me, so she told the whole class that I have problems, and I'm not normal. All right, so, again, I, this is... All right, I'll tell you what the difficulty is. You've asked me a question, and maybe we're, we're, we'll hold back a little from taking these questions because they're, they're a little complicated. What I mean is they're skills-based. 
you need to be guided. You need to be able to open up. And for those of you that are teachers out there, for those of you that are principals out there, for those of you that are parents, can you please realize how many kids, the minute we open up the, the door, we take one question about friendship, all the lines fill up. That means our kids need to have some guidance, need some help about how to deal with the friendship issues. And that means that we need to be available. If this is what's going on, we need to be available to help them. So, for an example, if someone gets a mark, as you're saying, and someone was over there behind you or in front of you and saw your mark and told others, and you go, well, what's going on and all that, this is a normal issue that happens in almost every class where the teacher needs to be skilled how to deal with it. This is part of what happens, and this is with the parent. We want to be able to be able to discuss this with our children. It's not that simple to just tell you ignore. We don't tell the kid to ignore. One of the things you've got to do is discuss this with the teacher and open up to the teacher. And let's see the teacher will guide you through the process. It's something that will take a little bit of time. One of the points I'll be asking you is how many friends do you have? How many friends do you have that you can discuss this with to tell them I feel hurt? Or what happens if you tell this, this girl, I don't want to show you the mark, or it's not important to mark, or you just, your goal is now not to be so close to her. Okay. Haravnis, we have... Okay. Who, who do we have next? Hello? Yes. Hello? 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 Yes. Yes. Okay, you speaking to me? Yes. Okay. I just wanted to add on to that girl that had a friend that's quiet. Yeah. Um, I think it's a very common issue, not just with friends, but basically different types of personalities, and especially men are more quiet, and sometimes when you speak to them, you feel like you're pulling teeth. Um, so I do feel that um, maybe if you could give some advice, like it's not, you know, it's just not only kids, it's also adults. Oh, I could use a little help with that, if you could explain that. In a marriage, if the wife is talking and the husband doesn't talk, the husband is pulling teeth, you got to pull teeth to get things out of the husband? Yeah. Okay. Well, I hear that a lot. I hear that a lot from people, like, talking, you know, like, oh, and I only find out about something two days later, or like, you know. Well, again, this is one of those complicated situations because it's not that accurate. It's not. And I don't want to dampen, but some of the perception, this happens when the couple isn't forming correctly. I mean, the wife is, the, in every relationship, the Rabbi Shalom always puts two opposite natures and puts them together. Always. So one will be more talkative, one is going to be quieter. One is going to want the air conditioner on even during the winter, and one is going to want the heat on even during the summer. This is called a normal couple. Right. What happens is, unfortunately, by us, which is a huge positive, that we get married, and our statistics of people getting married are high. But the negative is that because we get married, and it's just normal that we get married, we don't actually work things out. Things happen by us very quickly that life happens. There are children, and there are bills to be before you know it. Each one's in their situations. He's busy with his friends, she's busy with her family, or he's busy with his family. We're not connecting together. And therefore, part of what's supposed to happen during that Shana Roshan, during that first year, is where we actually connect to each other. That's the goal that we want. So when you have someone that's more talkative and someone that is less talkative, 
That's something that they discuss together. My answer to her is the same response that I will have to you. Bring it up with your husband. Husband, Tyra, you didn't share with me that information. I'm someone that likes sharing. You didn't share. It bothers me. Do you have a difficulty expressing? Do you not tell me because I'll pass it on to everyone else? What's the reason that we don't discuss? Do you find that maybe it's not important to you? Well, it's important to me, and that's where the marriage dance starts. So in my opinion, I did respond to that, and the same response I responded to her will be the same response to you. Discuss it openly with your spouse. These are my needs. This is what I like. This is what I want, and how can we make it work? Here we're going back to a question about the separation. Because we got two minutes left, so instead of taking a caller, let's just go finish off with a text. A couple that had shown biased hardships to the point of separating for over a year. Is it possible to work things out for the sake of the children? I'm being told that if that's the reason, there's no way it can work. I think that sentence is so, uh, how should we do that, is, is so elementary level doesn't matter why things will work out. If they're willing to work things out, then Wutziat Shmaya will work out. However, we use the word term, it will work out, when people are just together in the same house. Yep, Baruch Hashem, we put two people that are fighting, can't get along, don't have communication, don't have an understanding, have different of likes. And as long as they're together, we accomplish. No, we might destroy and we might hurt a lot more. Working things out means we understand the other one. Working things out means we are flexible to understand the other one. Working things out means we're able to be mavata and at the same time or at other times able to defend our rights. Working things out means we care for each other completely. That's what working things out means. Those people, if they wish to change for the growth of their children, if each of them feels that they can change for the growth of their children, then, of course, try to work it out for the sake of their children. But does that mean just staying under the same roof when none of them are changing, just fighting for the sake of the children? I wonder if we'll ask the children what the children will say, especially in the long run. Thank you, and Hatzloch and Harav Nissim. Thank you very much. Our time is finished, and as usual, it's so quickly. And Bez Hashem, we'll see you, uh, hear you from you next week. Looking forward. Thank you. Thank you very much.